you, Adam? Well, you notice Adam's response is given to us in verse 10. I haven't read it yet. But Adam responded, I'm naked. Now, I don't know about y'all, but, and I am from Satspaha, I'll be the first to admit that to you, but naked doesn't sound like a location. It sounds more like a situation. here at New Life Community Church. I thank you so much for turning us on, tuning us in. I trust as always that the Lord's going to bless you all over the place as we fellowship together here for the next several moments. I'm going to attempt to jump right into the back half of a teaching that we began a week or so ago that deals with the issue of prayer. And the undergirding question that I have been asking you is, what do you know about prayer? What do you know about prayer? And think about this. Where did you learn what you know about prayer? Did you learn about it from the Word of God or what someone else told you? You know, there are a lot of people in my life that I trust. I trust them dearly because they have never given me any reason not to trust them. But there are some that I can't trust. But you know, I can always trust the Word of God. And this is where I go when I want to discover that which God has for me. And I trust that you will begin to understand that prayer is a huge part of what God wants, not only for Pastor T, but for you as well. Our text passage for this particular teaching is found in Genesis chapter 3. And I want to read just part of it, that uh, text verse to you. Or one of those text verses right now, we're going to jump on into this. Genesis chapter 3 uh, look at the middle to the latter part of verse number 9, and it says this, The Lord God called to the man. Listen to that one more time. Look at that. It's on the screen for you. The Lord God called to the man. Adam. Let's see what we can find out about that. Father, I thank you for each one that's turned on this telecast uh, whether it's uh, live for them or sometime later, I pray in Jesus' name that you would speak by your word to their hearts. Teach us what it means to pray, to communicate with you, not only to speak, but to listen and to know and understand the sound of the Lord. We pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, you hang on. I'm going to be back here in just a little while to wrap things up. God bless. things with grandkids you couldn't do as a kid. Did you know that? It's amazing. And they wanted to watch something on television. So we put the television on. Now we didn't leave it on long, mind you. Pastor T took them for a little prayer walk. <laughs> that was really fun for me. I don't know if they enjoyed it or not. But in the middle of that dinner, that TV, Sister D was in the kitchen and she said, unnamed grandson, would you like some more spaghetti? 
And I'm sitting behind the little booger. And I looked. It's like laser-like focus on that TV. Unnamed grandson, would you like to have some more spaghetti? I mean, if you know, he wasn't listening for grandma. Not right then. There's a whole lot of people in this world. I'm not going to point right now. whole lot of people. God is speaking, but they are. And they're not listening. Not listening. Not listening. I finally hit the mute button on the TV. And he listened. Man, Pastor Terry, I wish I had a mute button. I could just mute some of y'all and say, God's trying to talk to you. Dean Bat, listen. I would be the first to admit to you, most persons have no desire to be as detailed as I just was about what's going on with Holy Spirit in our life, but that is what's going on. We had two men who were part of this church fellowship that were over here just working feverishly yesterday, one putting in some electrical wire and another doing something for cameras here. The work that they did is now hidden. Isn't that something? The wires and things went behind the wall. It's amazing to watch all that happen. It's still amazing to me how all that happens. But most of you, including myself to a certain degree, I could care less about all that wire and where it goes and it has to go to the panel and the breakers and all, all those little things that go through the line. All I want to know is that there's something on the wall. Help me understand what it is. Switch. A switch. Just flip it on. I've got lights. We'll let Jeff and Eric figure out what goes on in the meantime. I said that to say this. Prayer is a key. Fill that in with me. Prayer is a key, but it isn't a switch. It's a key, but it isn't a switch. It opens a door of dialogue indeed, but the holder of the key must enter that door and engage that which is on the other side of the door. It's not just a switch. Now, let me show you something. I'm going to switch gears, spend just a little bit of time here, and I'm going to do a little closing thing, and we're going to put into practice what I'm talking about this morning. I want you to go with me to Ephesians chapter 6, if you would, please. Ephesians 6 and verse 10, Paul says to the church at Ephesus, finally, be strong in the Lord. Strong how? In the Lord and in His mighty power. And I have to ask myself, how do we do that? He tells us in verse 18, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers. I'm back to Mr. Stedman. He says there are many kinds of prayer that we could talk about. Intercession, thanksgiving, supplication, and various forms of petition. But fundamental to them all is simply a conversation, a dialogue between an individual and God. Now, I am not going into this morning the depths of 
of the kinds of prayer that Mr. Stedman talked about and Paul talks about in Ephesians chapter 6. I'm not going into a lot of detail, but suffice it to say, watch this, there are basically three kinds of prayer. There are elementary prayers, elementary. There are intermediate prayers, and then deep level prayers. Check this out. It doesn't make a lot of sense, doesn't make any sense whatsoever, to be honest with you, to teach an eclectic audience like the one before me this morning about deep level praying. Why doesn't that make sense, Pastor Terry? For this reason, I believe that deep level prayer is not so much taught as it is caught. Are you with me? And like any other discipline, it won't be caught until it's sought. S-O-U-G-H-T, sought. Let me illustrate that to you with a really ridiculous illustration. No one in their right mind, and I trust that's every one of you, say amen. A couple of you are suspicion, but no one in their right mind is going to expect, watch this, a two-month-old infant to respond to a demand like, rise up and walk. Not expecting that out of a two-month-old, are we? Would you expect that? No. A two-month-old... Their life is very simple. Watch this. You can put this on your notes if you would like, in particular, you young parents. Their life is very simple. They scream. We interpret. They either want food or they need changing. Are you with me? They eat and they make messes, but they're cuddly. So we put up with it, right? We do not expect this, however, from either a young adult, an 18-year-old. He must be hungry, Mama, feed him. (laughs) Or sitting around the average CNC group. (laughs) What's that smell? That's Johnny Bob. We don't expect that, do we? And if it ever happens, don't come get Pastor Terry. I'm just saying. We don't expect that from a young adult or an aging person. What do we expect? We come to expect a level of maturity that outgrows the screaming and the messes. Am I right? Watch, the same could be said and isn't said enough about prayer. How many of you know new believers know how to scream? You see, they just screamed out to God to forgive them of their sins, and he did. They know how to do that. They know how to scream when they want something. But it it needs to go beyond that. Secondly, likewise, new believers, they make a lot of messes that need attending to. I can tell you, the reason a lot of churches aren't growing is because the churches don't want to grow because they know if they do grow, new people will come in and new people make messes. 
Just trying to help you here. Church growth is messy. They make messes. It's just very simple. Those who have historically smoked and chewed and went with girls who do can make some horrendous messes on the way to a lifestyle of holiness. But in short time, look at your neighbor and say short time. Such ones begin to discern that the church family isn't all about them. And I know we're very unfair about that sometimes. New people come in, we make over them, pray over them, encourage them. They're born again. They keep screaming and making messes, and we expect them to grow up. We expect them to mature. That is tough. But then they begin to discern that the church family isn't all about them, and it is time for them to be held to some accountability with regards to their messes. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? Listen. With that natural growth, here's my point, comes a development of their prayer life. It should. Can you be encouraged this morning? Unlike Adam and Eve, as you hear God's voice, that little quiet whisper, in the cool of the day, don't run and hide behind a tree. Don't run from God but run into the arms of the one that already is aware of your mess and still yet has the fix for your mess. Here's a wrap-up. Let me give you these notes real quick. Like Most people that I have dealt with over the years, when it comes to prayer, they are of the opinion that once I learn how to pray, then I will start attending some prayer sessions. Are you with me? But rather, fill in number six with me. Beloved, it is from within prayer sessions that you do learn to pray. I know you don't want to hear this, but you need to hear this. It is the gospel truth if it's ever been preached. Beloved, this comes about in similar fashion as one learns to swim. And everybody in this room knows that you can read books about swimming. You can watch videos about swimming. You can hear stories about swimming. But before you can call yourself a swimmer, you have got to get into the water. I want you to note God's methodology. I could draw this out a long time I want, but I want you to understand that genuine prayer typically involves divine, deep-level questions. For example, Genesis chapter 3, verse 9. Look at that again. God said, where are you, Adam? Let me ask you, church, did God know where Adam was? Why did he ask him? Where are you, Adam? What a great question. By the way, it is a question that God frequently draws out in times of true prayer. You will hear that little quiet whisper saying, where are you? Where are you? Where are you in your faith 
walk? What a great question to ask of ourselves. Will you fill that in with me? Where am I in my faith walk? Doesn't it just make sense that if you know, if, if you know where you, you have to know where you are in order to get where, you're, where you think you're going. Makes sense, doesn't it? Where are you, Adam? Well, you notice Adam's response is given to us in verse 10. I haven't read it yet. But Adam responded, I'm naked. Now, I don't know about y'all, but and I am from Satspaha, I'll be the first to admit that to you, but naked doesn't sound like a location. It sounds more like a situation. Where are you? I'm naked. <laughs> Adam's disobedience was revealing. You see what I did there? A conversation with the Father revealed it. Listen to God's second question. Give them to us in verse 11. How do you know you're naked? What a dumb question. How do you know you're naked? Because I don't got no clothes on. Adam, where are you? I'm naked. How did you know you were naked? Can't you just hear God saying something back to, to Adam like, why is naked a problem? It wasn't a problem yesterday. Y'all frolicking around all up in here? Check it out. Naked wasn't the issue. Naked wasn't the issue. The issue was dis, everybody say dis, obedience. Disobedience. Such disobedience came to the forefront out of a conversation with God. Now, I told you that to have you fill in number eight with me, and we're going to be close to finish this morning. Beloved, sin can spoil your prayer life. Adam and Eve attempted to illustrate that for us. They disobeyed. They were in nakedville, so they ran and hid. They didn't want to engage that conversation with God. Check this out. Oh, I tell you, if this don't light your fire, your wood's wet. God went after them. God went after them. Isn't that the coolest thing ever? Where are you? He knew where they were all the time. Sin can spoil your prayer life, but it doesn't have to. It doesn't have to. Realize that we're all naked before God spiritually oh he knows you inside out upside down and all around so what do you do when you hear the sound of the Lord that still little whisper that little thing inside of you that says Psst, you messed up and I know it now come to daddy ever heard that pastor I've been listening for something louder than that you're probably not going to hear anything any louder than that you messed up 
come to daddy. What do we do at that point? We stand up. We fess up. And we let God cover up the mess. Will he do that? Listen to, to the psalmist. Beloved, there was hardly anybody that messed up more than David. Now let me see your eyeballs. Please don't use that as an excuse for you to mess up. Well, you know, David done something stupid with Bathsheba, so I saw right, if I do something stupid. Can I encourage you to go read about the consequences of that stupidity before you take that line of reasoning? But rather understand it from this perspective. David was a human being. He was a people. And help me, church. People do people things. But here's what God said in Psalm 32. Blessed is, the, blessed is he whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord does not count against him and in whose spirit is no deceit, no cover-up. Verse 5. Then I acknowledged my sins, says the psalmist, Acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said I will confess, confess my transgressions to the Lord. I will admit it. I'll stand up and admit it when I hear that voice. And you forgave the guilt of my sin. The guilt of my sin. Oh my goodness. Verse 8, I will instruct you and teach you and the way you should go. I will counsel you. And watch over you. What a time in the Lord at New Life Community Church this morning. Can I get an amen right there? Amen. Oh, God's Spirit is moving powerfully. And I was impressed days ago to conclude this message this morning the way I'm going to do it. Right now, and I'm going to ask you to remain in an attitude of prayer and an attitude of reference and an, uh, reverence and an attitude of listening with your spirit. Part of my dilemma as a pastor is I'm preaching this morning to some people who know deep level praying. Oh, you know it. You could teach a class on it. And there's others of you that are just getting the, the element, just getting the fundamentals down. Some of you are even wrestling with that. That's okay. Some have got that, and you moved on to those intermediary levels of praying. Regardless, God has a plan for you, and He will convey that to you by His Spirit through prayer. But you've got to be looking for it. Can you be encouraged? Don't just look for the switch. I'm going to flip this on, check a box, and get out of here. Look for the key that opens the door and walk through it and engage it. Our closing is going to be real simple. Pastor Terry, I want to be a better prayer. Because I know that's the way God Almighty has chosen to communicate with me. I want to be a better prayer. 
And I'm going to prove it to this whole church this morning. Because I'm going to get up out of my seat right now. And come down there where you are, Pastor Terry. And we're just going to pray together. A closing prayer is a testimony of my witness. I want to be a better prayer. I want to learn how to do this better. And I'm waiting right now for the one or the two or the six or whoever it is that God is speaking to right now. Something's telling some of you, get up, go down there. You just heard from the Lord. Well, beloved, that's going to wrap it up, or we're going to wrap it up right there for this particular teaching. And I want to do so by asking you this. Are you developing in your prayer life? Are you growing in your prayer life? How do we do that, Pastor Terry? Well, the way you grow with anything, regardless of what that is. And we use the old uh, illustration of swimming quite often. In order to learn to swim, at some point in time, you can take all the book work that there is, but at some point in time, you have to get into the pool and flail around in there a little bit, and it's kind of uncomfortable to start with. You don't know much about it, but you grow accustomed to it. You learn how to do it. You start treading water, and before you know it, you're swimming like a dolphin. You're just uh, an old pro at it. The same could be said for every area of life. Never is that more true than in the area of prayer. So, to follow that, can I ask you this? Are you praying? Do you pray? Do you practice your craft? Are you learning to speak to the Lord on a, a routine basis, meaning quite frequently? And are you learning to hear that voice of the Lord? Do you know it and understand it? God speaks through His Word indeed. He also speaks by His Spirit to our hearts in an individual way, in a personal way. And I want to encourage you to discover that way and to become more proficient at it. It will change your life and not only your life. Watch this. Those who are within your sphere of influence, those people that you hang out with, they'll begin to notice the difference and it will make a difference in their life. Oh, yes, it will. Let me pray for you right now. Father, I thank you so much for each one that's turned on this telecast. And I pray and the power of the Spirit that you would go into their hearts and minister to them. May they be challenged and convicted about this very important area of their Christian walk. Lord, teach them how to speak. Teach them how to pause and listen and to learn and to obey that which you speak into their spirit. And we'll thank you. We'll praise you for what you do in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, beloved, I want to remind you before we get out of here that New Life Community Church does have a regular schedule of activities. Sunday morning at 10 o'clock, the teachings that you hear right here on New Life Telecast, they're taped live. That's what we do. And there's some uh, great worship, some fellowship, uh, prayer times. There's a lot going on here Sunday morning. Also, uh, midweek activities, Wednesday, we call it Family Ministries Night. It begins at 7 o'clock. Uh, primarily, there's something for the children, the youth, and our adults are involved in small group sessions on Wednesday night. We'd love to have you for any and all of those. If you do not have a place where you regularly, normally fellowship together with God's people, come on, check us out. We're located at 415 Micah Road. 
here on the outskirts of beautiful Ridgeway, Virginia. Well, my time is completely gone. I have to get out of here. I am Terry Knight, the pastor of New Life Community Church, wishing you a great week. And remember, my friends, Jesus is coming back. Is he coming back for you?